Welcome to A Little Bit Unstoppable. This podcast is for artists, creators, and change makers in any industry who have powerful ideas that might just change the world, or at least a small piece of it. My name is Brielle Goheen, and I'm a clarity coach for creatives. I help people declutter their minds, declutter their physical and digital spaces, and most importantly, declutter their dreams and hack their habits so that the most important things become the easiest to do. I believe that creativity will change the world. So I want to equip you to release your creativity with power in a way that is effortless and sustainable. One of the small, simple ways that I do this is through my weekly newsletter, Unstoppable Bit by Bit. If you'd like to receive encouragement, inspiration, and some more personal stories, head over to briellegoheen.com to sign up. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Today, I'm going to be talking about goals. Goal setting is a topic that I love because I'm a convert to it. And converts are always the most passionate about spreading what they've learned. In the past, I set a lot of goals. Actually, I set too many goals. And because I've always been a bit of a dreamer, they would be wild and exciting. And I would map out some big milestones along the way to get there. And I'd get so excited about all the peripheral things, not the things that were central to making progress, but the parts that were fun and exciting and dazzling. But then after a few weeks or sometimes a few months, either my enthusiasm would fizzle and I'd abandon the idea or I would become enthralled with a new idea and obsess over that instead. So a few years ago, when I started trying to find a goal setting and project management process that would really work for me, I had about a million aha moments where I saw so clearly what I had been doing wrong. So today I want to share some of the things that I learned with you. I reflected on what I've learned about goal setting and I came up with 10 common goal setting mistakes that might be holding you back. So the first mistake that might be holding you back is You don't take your desires and dreams seriously. I used to have lots of dreams and ideas, and I still do. But there was a piece of me that didn't actually believe that I could seriously get there. There was a piece of me that knew and that could see that I hadn't developed the skills that I would need to develop in order to become the person who could pull off the goal. And that was true. I wasn't that person and I didn't have those skills yet. But instead of taking my dreams seriously and beginning to work toward it, it would just exist as a daydream or something fun to think about in my spare time. I didn't prioritize my goals and I didn't align my time with the things that were the most important to me. I didn't believe that they were actually achievable or that I could actually develop the skills that I needed to develop to be that person that could pull off this goal. 
So I would shove down my dreams and desires with my particular vice of choice, which is sugary foods. And I'd pretend that I wasn't trying because I wasn't capable. But I was actually not trying because I was afraid. I was afraid of disappointing people that I loved if I evolved and began to look different and act different and become less of a yes person. I was afraid of being visible and letting people see me try and fail, which is the inevitable process of problem solving your way toward reaching a goal. I was afraid of who I might discover I was if I really allowed desire instead of duty to take the driver's seat. And so I would dream because that's what humans do. And I would dream big because that's the way that I'm wired. But then I wouldn't take my own goals seriously. If this strikes a chord with you, if it sounds familiar, I want to make sure that you hear this. Your desires are the path to what you're here to do. So take them seriously. That doesn't mean that you don't question them and evaluate them and dig a little deeper to see the root of what you actually desire. It means that you do just that. It means that you do question them. You do evaluate them. You do dig a little deeper and take your desires and dreams seriously. The second mistake is connected with the first one. Actually, they're all connected because that's the way that goal setting works. There are a lot of moving and interconnected parts. The second mistake I made was that I thought of my goals as a wish for now instead of a plan for the future. So I would make quote unquote goals that were essentially wishes for what I wished life could be like now. And I would daydream about them because they were wishes. And what I really wanted was for someone to come wave a magic wand and change my present situation. There's nothing wrong with wishing and daydreaming. I I think that's actually a really important part of any creative process, but that's not the same thing as having a goal. To set a goal is to put an actionable plan in place to work toward a future reality. So stop daydreaming and calling it goal setting. They're two completely different things. So I'll talk about how to set up an actionable plan to work toward your goals, your future reality in a minute. But first, I want to talk about time. This is the third common mistake that you might make in goal setting. You don't leave enough time for your goals. I think about it like my commute to Toronto. If the GPS says it will take an hour to get there, I leave two hours to get there because there will inevitably be some kind of traffic jam or an accident that I pass along the way. And I always bring a book or some easy work that I can get done in the car if there isn't traffic or if the drive goes quicker than I had anticipated. And what that does is it keeps me calm with no frustration or road rage. 
even, dare I say, enjoying the rhythm of stop and go traffic and the extra time with my audiobook because I know that I've left enough time to get there, to get to where I need to go. So make your best guess about how long you think it will take. And then because there are always and there will always be obstacles you couldn't see at the start, either double your time or add 50% to the timeline, whichever you think is best. I like to add 50% to the timeline because it keeps it tight, which helps to keep me focused and moving forward. Because with too much time, you might be like that Sunday driver <laughs> who's driving at 90 kilometers on the highway, which is totally fine. 90 kilometers is totally fine if you're taking the scenic route instead of the highway. And actually, I think it's healthy for us to choose sometimes to take the scenic route and go slower from time to time. And then other times to take the expressway and go quicker. But typically, the larger the goal, the more time it will take to get there. And the more complex or unique your goal, the more hurdles there will be to overcome. So take those things into account when you make your best guess for the timeline of your goal because you can always adjust it later. And this leads me to the fourth common mistake. You don't prepare for the inevitable obstacles. Leaving enough time is one way to prepare for obstacles, but there are other ways to prepare as well. I like to put my daydreaming and imagination skills to work on this one because daydreaming and goal setting can work together really beautifully, but just keep in mind and remember that they are separate things. So when I set a goal now, I'll often sit with pen and paper and just think about the whole process from start to finish. What might go wrong? What will be especially difficult along the way? From a process perspective, where might things bottleneck? From an emotional perspective, where might I run into my own mental blocks? Where have I seen myself give up in the past and why? What skills or resiliencies do I need to begin developing now so that in the future I'm equipped to make it to the other side of the obstacle? I'm going to quote Seth Godin again. <laughs> you guys are going to think that he's the only author that I read. He's not. But I quote him so much because his work has been so impactful for me. It's completely shaped me for the foundational stuff, which is mainly what I've been talking about in these podcasts so far, the really foundational stuff. Anyway, he wrote a fantastic short book, less than 100 pages, I think, it's tiny, it's a quick read, it's fantastic, and it's called The Dip. The premise is that anything worth doing has a dip, a time when the excitement of beginning something and the fantasy of how easy it will be meets the harsh reality that things just take hard work. He says that anything worth pursuing has a dip. And the longer the dip, the fewer people will make it to the other side, which means that there are extraordinary benefits on the other side. 
He also advises to intentionally seek out projects that you anticipate will have a dip because the reward will be wonderful and the work will be satisfying. This actually corresponds to what we know about dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is that happy chemical that our brain releases when experiencing good things. And because life is so, so good for modern humans, when you compare it to the difficulties that previous generations have experienced, we've developed a really high baseline for the dopamine that we need in our brains to just feel normal. So when we seek ease and comfort, our baseline level for what we need to stay happy increases. So chemically, within our brains, we experience the little things that go wrong in life with the same intensity as if it were some horrible calamity in the past. But when we seek out things that are difficult, we lower our baseline dopamine level. And we experience more happiness with the little things. And we're more resilient when we encounter difficult things because our baseline dopamine level is already at a lower place. And so when things are really tough, it gets lowered, but it's not such a huge dip, I guess. I shouldn't use the word dip because now it's referring to something else. But a dip in your dopamine level is what I'm talking about. So it's a good thing when we have to work hard toward a goal. It's a good thing when it's on the edge of our abilities. There have been just a ton of studies trying to understand happiness that show that we are our happiest when we're operating at the edge or at the outskirts of our abilities. Not doing things that are so difficult that they're impossible, like I wouldn't be happy being thrown into a game of soccer with really good players because I've never really played before. And so I would just end up standing there or running around, never touching the ball. But when things are at the edge of our abilities, like maybe if I joined a soccer league that teaches the basics through drills and games with other adult beginners, if something is challenging like that, but totally doable, then it's expanding our capabilities. So go for things that are challenging and anticipate the dip. Prepare for the obstacles that you'll inevitably face as best as you can. Brainstorm what problems you might encounter and begin developing the resiliencies and the skill sets that you'll need to make it through to the other side of the challenge. Because extraordinary benefits are on the other side. And as with time, the bigger or the more complex or the more unique the goal, the larger and the longer the dip will be. So it's really important to be prepared and to anticipate that. The fifth common goal-setting mistake is a really pivotal one. This is where goal-setting meets project management. The fifth mistake is this, you don't break down your goals into projects and then into mini projects and then into bite-sized tasks. I think the reason we often neglect to do this is because it takes time. It takes time to think about all the pieces that will come into play in order to achieve the goal 
and it takes time to make a detailed plan. And when you break down a goal, you almost certainly won't do it right the first time. You're just taking your best guess. And so it feels like wasted time, but it's not. It's an essential part of project planning. Even though it will inevitably be changed and adjusted as you take steps along the path and things become more focused and you gain more clarity. If you've already thought about how long the goal will probably take and added an extra 50% or doubled it as a contingency plan for obstacles, then the next step is to plug your project into that timeline. If it's a multi-year project, then What would you need to accomplish within each year to meet the goal? Remember that things usually get easier or harder as time goes on. So take that into account when you're setting your timeline for your goals. Feel free to keep plans for future years nice and hazy. They'll definitely change. So don't spend too much time on the details of the far future. But one year is actually a really short block of time when it comes to goal setting. So plan out that first year. Or if it's a shorter goal, plan out the whole thing in detail. Stay flexible with your plan, especially if concrete goal setting like this is new to you. I actually shouldn't call it concrete goal setting because concrete, as you know, isn't flexible. So maybe we should call it pine wood goal setting. (laughs) Pine is very flexible, but still quite sturdy and strong. So you shape your goals and then you allow them to bend as they need to. It's important to break down your goals into smaller projects. So I like to take multi-year goals and break them into yearly goals. And then from there, I break them down into quarterly goals and then monthly projects. Each month when I see the project that I'll be working on to work toward my goal this month, I extract as many bite-sized tasks as I can think of that would need to be done in that month to stay on track. And then I literally plug those bite-sized tasks onto my giant calendar so that I'm only doing one or two things each day or even nothing on a particular day if I can see that that day is really busy with other things. And this keeps me moving toward my goals. If this sounds like a lot of work, that's because it is a lot of work, but it's less than you'd think. I take one evening a year to plan everything out and then an hour every month to recalibrate and make sure that I'm on track. So you do need to set aside intentional time to do this, but it's a whole lot less work than you might think. In my course, Become a Little Bit Unstoppable, I teach you the whole process and I give you templates and processes to follow so that you can do this yourself so that you don't have to figure it out on your own. The title of this podcast is 10 Goal Setting Mistakes That Are Holding You Back. I've only given you five so far, So I'm going to split up this episode and give you the second half next week or else this would just be a really long episode. (laughs) There are some great nuggets in the next five. So go to your favorite podcasting app right now and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't 
accidentally miss the second half of this episode. I really want to help you create the things that you have in you to create. I really want to help you take your goals for your life seriously and align your time with the things that matter most. And so if the content in this podcast is helping you toward doing that, I am so glad. But if you need a little bit more support in the process, I do open up space to work with me one-on-one through my individual coaching program from time to time. So feel free to contact me about that if you're interested. But a more accessible option is my group coaching program, Become a Little Bit Unstoppable. Twice a year, I open up enrollment for Become a Little Bit Unstoppable or BELBOO, which I'm delighted is its acronym. I love calling it BELBOO. I don't know. It just feels good to say that. It has a good mouth feel. <laughs> so doors are open right now, but only until Wednesday, July 6th, because We'll be getting started working together in this course and coaching container on July 12th. So if you're ready to take your dreams seriously, I can help you. It's about getting crystal clear on your priorities and crafting a life that supports your priorities rather than competing with them. When we leave our time to chance, then our most valuable resource, which which is our time, will be used toward random things or it'll be used toward other people's priorities because they took the time to define it and they roped you in and you didn't know what your priorities were and so you just said yes. I want to make sure that I'm really clear about this though. Defining your priorities isn't all about work and productivity and getting more done. It's about creating the balance in your life that feels right for you. Working toward meaningful goals connecting in meaningful ways with the people that you care about the most and taking care of yourself in a holistic way, taking care of your mind, taking care of your body, taking care of your spirit. All three of these things, work, relationships, and self-care are absolutely essential to living your unique vision of what a life well lived means to you. So my 12-week course and coaching community is there to help you carve out time to do that deep work of defining your vision, setting up systems that will support you as you work toward realizing that vision, and then doing the daily actions that are needed to get you there. So if you're ready for it, then I'm ready to help you get there. You can find out more details in the show notes or visit briellegoheen.com slash course. But I would encourage you to go to the show notes because there's a special link there with a special offer for you guys because you're my podcast listeners. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can be notified when part two of this episode comes out next week. It takes bravery And it takes courage to walk the artistic path. And we need to support and encourage each other as much as possible. If you found this episode helpful, consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review in your favorite podcast listening app. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already so that you'll be notified each time a new episode is up. 
Remember, the worlds we imagine are the worlds we build. So, ambitious creators, imagine something beautiful and take the next step, no matter how small, toward building.